I'd like to start off this morning with a few notes on what this scripture passage is not about. This is not speaking against social services or feeding people or anything to do with an interpretation of the idea of a handout. The idea mentioned of burdening society comes up because of a concern about people's unwillingness to work, not because of their lack of resources or other limiting factors that prevent someone from getting access to what they need. We see repeatedly in scripture the call to offer food to the hungry and to protect those who are vulnerable and at risk. This scripture is also not telling us to become workaholics. In writing to the Thessalonians, Paul is writing in a unique context that is applicable to our modern American way of life, but is distinctly not the same. We should not interpret this passage as a way of enforcing poor labor conditions, too long work weeks, or a works righteousness approach to salvation. So, if these are some of the initial reactions that today's scripture is not about, then what is it saying? The key to this passage comes in verses 10 and 11. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Paul actually uses a play on words here. In the original Greek, the people were not working ergazomenos. Instead, he adds the prefix peri, meaning around. They were peri ergazomenos. They were working around. They were working mischief in the community. They were actively choosing to use their time to work around what they were supposed to be doing. As Miriam Camel writes, they directly contradict the example of the apostles who by status would not have had to work but did anyway. This is entirely concerned with those who should and can work but refuse and instead direct their energies to causing chaos in the community. And of note is that Paul never mentions the socioeconomic status of the people that he's calling out. They're described as idle and as busybodies, but not as poor and in need of food, but being rejected. So perhaps the food is somewhat metaphorical here. The intention is to remind us not to take advantage of our community by causing discord and by not participating in a way that brings about the well-being of others. But before we go around pointing fingers at those who cause chaos around us, Let's first reflect upon ourselves. When I was a kid, I was once grounded from reading. Like I was not allowed to read because that was my punishment. 
I was supposed to be in the playroom cleaning up, but instead my parents found me seated in front of the bookshelf with piles of books around me. So, I was grounded. I was not allowed to read until the room was clean. Now, there's nothing innately wrong with what I was doing. I think that we support reading here. But it was how I was choosing to spend my time. Instead of doing the work that needed to be done, I was avoiding it with something that I just liked better. The thing is, we do things like this all the time. We get sucked into our phones, scrolling on social media, or we mindlessly flip through TV channels or doom scroll the news. All of us have avoidance tactics that we use to not pay attention for a bit to what's happening around us. While Paul writes about people causing distinct chaos in wider society, the lesson can be applied more subtly to our lives. The question is not about how hard we are working, but about how we choose to spend our time when we are not. It's so easy to confuse idleness and rest. Idleness is a way of distracting ourselves and biding our time until something else more interesting or more important comes along. Rest. <coughs> rest is a crucial part of how we rejuvenate and reflect on the needs of ourselves and of our community. The week before last, I spent a week in Rhode Island for a time of continuing education and Sabbath. Chris is actually in North Carolina this week doing the same, and Anne is currently away on a three-month sabbatical. And our youth group has a practice of offering a Sabbath one Sunday night a month instead of meeting in person. As a congregation, you all encourage us to take a break and to spend time reading, writing, reflecting, and reconnecting with God. And this time is such a gift. And if I'm being honest, sometimes an intimidating one. Perhaps you felt similarly when going on a retreat or even when just trying to make Sabbath part of your own regular rhythms. There can be an internal pressure to get it right, to use this time productively and make the very most of every moment so that you come back after a week or after two days or after an hour feeling refreshed and motivated in your faith and your life. But it's always not that simple. When I was away, I listened to the Next Right Thing podcast, where Emily P. Freeman interviewed author Ruth Haley Barton on her new book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest. Ruth comments, I think a lot of Christians actually have solitude. They call it a quiet time, but they fill it up with so many Christian activities that they keep it as a time of productivity and achievement and getting things done and checking things off the list. 
And so even quiet times, if we're not clear on what they are, can actually be times of a different type of Christian busyness and a different type of achievement and performance. She encourages listeners to take up intentional practices of silence, solitude, and Sabbath, sometimes using them together and sometimes separately, as a way of breaking through our constant need to be doing something that often can distract us from connecting with one another and with God. Jesus models for us both the hard work and the intentional Sabbath, carving out times for rest and prayer in the thick of his ministry. These times of renewal allowed him to be more prepared and to come back and serve with more readiness than he would have had if he was burnt out. In order to find this rest, though, we have to be able to identify what is renewing and what is distracting. When we engage in activities that are idle but not truly restful, it can bring those chaotic feelings into our lives because we have not given ourselves enough space to fill back up. And I don't mean that we should never do anything that's just for fun or that wastes time, but we have to do it knowing that it's not a substitute for our work or for our rest. If we are spending our time in avoidance tactics, we need to ask ourselves what we are avoiding or replacing. When we spend our time intentionally, whether in our work or in our rest, we build relationships and invest in one another in ways that bring up the community as a whole. Frank Crouch writes that this scripture's intention is this. If there's something good that we can do, do it. If there's something good that we can give, give it. Even if we don't have to. Even if we have a right not to. When we show up and invest in one another instead of just offering distractions, we build a place that offers hospitality, grace, community, and deep care that we so desire and that God wants for us. Let us not work around the call that God has for us and for our community, distracted by the easiness of shallow interactions. Instead, let us commit to doing the work together, the work of worship, of serving, of justice, and yes, the work of Sabbath. In our work and in our rest, we know that God is at work in and through us, this day and always. Amen.